new United Nations report warns the impacts of climate change are increasing and inevitable. Experts say that we have until 2030 to avoid catastrophe. Temperatures in the Arctic have warmed about two or three times. It will be very difficult and impossible for our children to control climate change. This is South of Two Degrees, and I am your host, Brian Barnes. It is so good to have you with us today on the only podcast dedicated to bringing unfiltered scientific research to the forefront of the climate conversation. We continue a wonderful series for you today. So my friends, once more, into the fray. It's great to have you all back with us today as we continue our three-part mini-series, What Stands in Our Way, where we're looking at what we need to overcome in order to limit anthropogenic climate change to less than, or shall we say south, of two degrees. As you remember, the three main obstacles we face are one, the economics of climate change mitigation, two, the social determinants of adapting to a world that is focused on such mitigation efforts, and three, the arguments and psychology behind such thought processes used by deniers of and advocates of delaying action on anthropogenic climate change in the ensuing crisis we face. These three core areas form the foundation of any argument against the immediate and rapid addressing of the greatest issue of our time. If you happen to miss part one on economics, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it. And as always, if you want to see the scientific research this information is pulled from, be sure to pop over to southof2degrees.org and have a look at the citation page. We have a lot of really fascinating information today, so let's dive right in. Social determinants are the second barrier or obstacle we must overcome in order to address anthropogenic climate change. So what does the scientific community mean by social determinants? Well, this refers to both our individual and collective ability to change our existing constructs within the socio-ecological system. To further boil this down, it means we have to either A, adapt our existing behaviors, or B, transform them into new systems. And in reality... We need to do both. Our main paper today, titled Social Determinants of Adaptive and Transformative Responses to Climate Change, published the 10th of August, 2020, defines, quote, adaptive actions as changes to existing practices or behaviors that allow existing sociological system structures to absorb, accommodate, or embrace change, and transformative actions as more fundamental changes that can alter dominant socio-ecological relationships and contribute toward the creation of new system and or future, end quote. With this defined, let's start by looking at adaptation. Adapting our social behavior to a world affected by anthropogenic climate change is widely recognized to be driven by our adaptive capacity, broadly defined by three things. One, the conditions that underpin our ability to anticipate and respond to change. Two, to recover from and minimize the consequences of change. And three, to take advantage of new opportunities. Think of it like building a dam. Dams are often built to manage downstream flooding, allowing us to respond to changing conditions. It minimizes damages caused by extensive rains and can also allow us to produce hydroelectric energy, which is a new opportunity that we didn't have before the dam was built. Does that help put our adaptive capacity into perspective? I hope so, as despite having lived in Australia, I don't have near the analogy repertoire that an Aussie rugby player has, so that's about the best I can do. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go Google Nick Cummings quotes. You'll be entertained. 
if not confused for sure. Okay, okay, back on subject. You may be thinking, yeah, Brian, all three, anticipation, minimizing damages, and new opportunities all boil down to money. And while you aren't wrong, as this is a widely accepted view, it is not the entirety of it. Surprisingly, advancements in the social science of climate change have expanded the determinants to six broad categories, of which money is only one. These are assets, flexibility, organization, learning, socio-cognitive constructs, and agency. Now, if you are someone who has trouble learning a list like this, just remember the phrase, all flexible organizations learn social acceptance. Armed with that, the middle four are already listed for you, leaving you only to have to remember the two A's, assets and agency. So let's briefly look at each to better understand. Assets are the accumulation of an individual's wealth, plain and simple. As we discussed this last week, economics play a significant role, but as we've covered that ad nauseum at this point, let's pop down our list to number two, which is flexibility. Flexibility as a determinant focuses on the ability to see occupational multiplicity. In other words, someone can fathom multiple livelihood paths, their ability to embrace technology, and their age. Age is big here, and we'll revisit it in a minute, but generally speaking, not only are the youth more flexible, but it was found that the younger the main household decision maker, the more receptive the family typically is to adapting to new socio-ecological constructs. Organization is number three on the list and is, according to multiple studies, simultaneously both the least and the most important determinant. How can that be, you ask? Well, organization is built off of two main subcategories. They are trust in institutions and social networks. To further understand this, we are going to digress from our six determinants for a moment and look at an older paper titled Using the Theory of Planned Behavior to Investigate the Determinants of Environmental Behavior Among Youth, published 28th of March, 2013. The results here are important, and I really want you to digest them. It found, quote, the highest social pressure to behave in a particular way was received from family and friends. Family 53.8% and friends 41.4% were identified as the most influential actors to determine participants' behavior. Laws, education, institutions, and media were specified respectively by 27.7%, 27%, and 18.5% of the respondents. The determinants of social pressure that influenced respondents' behavior and behavioral intentions least frequently were non-governmental organizations, 10%, the example of famous people, 7.2%, and colleagues, 5.2%, end quote. So let's break that down. Forget the fact that it essentially found that Taylor Swift has 2% more influence on your social behavior than your boss, rather that according to this study, family and friends, our strongest social networks, form the highest social pressure. Institutions, on the other hand, all bring up the majority of the bottom. There may be some of you out there who suddenly go, hold up, Ryan, if this is true, why the hell do you do what you do? Because according to this study you just quoted, south of two degrees influences at the very best only 10% of environmental behavior. To answer that, I'll let you in on a secret. While we focus on educating on this show, if you notice, I've never told you how to tackle anthropogenic climate change. I've never suggested that one path is better than another, as long as we stay below 2 degrees C of warming. You, my audience, are already seeking information, which we here at South of 2 Degrees do our best to provide. But what is the one thing I ask you to do every week? I'll give you a hint. It's in my closing. Figured it out? 
I ask you to have one conversation about climate change in the next week with someone else. I do this because I know this is the most influential path for addressing anthropogenic climate change. The strength is not from us to you. The strength is from you using what you have learned here, having conversations with those closest to you. That is where the power lies. It lies with you and the conversations you have. However, before you run off espousing some He-Man-esque phrase of, I have the power, if you were alive in the 80s, you know what I'm talking about. Let's finish up our analysis on the other social determinants. Next up is number four, or learning. As we just heard, education falls into the middle of the pack on influences, but learning as a social determinant also refers to our understanding of socio-ecological ties. This can be further broken down into system knowledge, behavior knowledge, and effectiveness knowledge. They essentially are understanding the basics of how ecosystems work, knowing how to act when faced with a rapidly warming climate, and knowing what is the most effective path. The study we just referenced actually found that just understanding the system has little to no influence on changing behavior. However, knowing what actions to take does. Further, the highest level of understanding, that is, knowing which is the most effective path, actually has less of an impact than simply knowing the actions to take. Our fifth determinant is sociocognitive constructs. Simply put, our perception of both past experience and future risk perception. Now, this is where you can find a fascinating nugget of information if you read between the lines. Keep in mind, this is a broad generalization, but the older generation has both the broadest experience and the least risk tolerance. I have had far too many conversations of late with folks that think their way of life is disappearing and they are fearful of the future. In fact, I just had to explain to my daughter a few days ago what an older woman meant when she said, well, at least I won't have to be around to deal with it. You know, the younger generation, on the other hand, knows, often more than we give them credit for, that it is their future we are discussing with regards to anthropogenic climate change and its effects, not our own. The youth don't have the depth of experience that compares, say, the fires of California today to those 60-plus years ago. Rather, they see the devastating effects and are willing to take big risks in an attempt to mitigate them. They don't see this as losing a way of life, rather as gaining one. If you are picking up on a connection back to our flexibility determinant with regards to age, you're right. However, as I said before, this is a broad generalization. There are plenty of adults that want a better future for their kids and are willing to take big risks for it, but they sadly aren't the majority. Hence, the sociocognitive determinants are an obstacle that needs to be overcome. But if not with the youth, then with whom? Well, that would be those with agency, which just so happens to be our sixth and final determinant. Agency as a social determinant refers to both activeness and decision-making, as well as power and influence. Now, where the main paper found some interesting connections was that those with either real or perceived power play a key role in encouraging or discouraging adaptive behavior. It found that those who felt that they had power or influence to change or guide the management of resources were more likely to adapt, but less likely to transform. Why, do you ask? 
Well, the paper describes it this way, quote, transformative action supports moves to reorder socio-ecological relationships, thereby challenging existing structures. Yet people can be resistant to fundamental change, particularly those in powerful positions who may stand to lose from such changes, which often involve shifts in power, end quote. And if that doesn't highlight why it's not all about economics, as you may have argued about at the beginning of the show, I'm not sure what does. So I want to be very clear on what this paper found. It found that those with agency most often want to maintain that and will use their influence to move away from transformative paths that would usher in new agency and or direct adaptive changes in order to maintain, or in some cases gain, agency. Hence the paper's authors offered this sage advice. Quote, our results thus underscore the importance of carefully considering the role of local power dynamics in shaping responses to climate change, as these dynamics can affect the ability of people, communities, and entire socio-ecological systems to deal with dramatic change that may require more fundamental action beyond what is typically understood as adaptive to sustain livelihoods and ecosystems, end quote. So there you have it. All flexible organizations learn social acceptance are six social determinants of assets, flexibility, organization, learning, sociocognitive constructs, and agency. These are the obstacles we must work with or around in order to affect change. But how do we gain collective action? Well, let's use game theory to better understand collective action on anthropogenic climate change. To do this, let's put a spin on the classic thought experiment. Imagine I choose 10 of my global listeners and offer to give you all each a million dollars to meet at the Eiffel Tower in Paris in exactly 24 hours. Not a minute early or a minute late. The hitch is nine of you have to arrive at the same time. That's right, nine. If nine of you don't show up in exactly 24 hours, then you are all out of travel costs and no one gets anything. One of you doesn't have to do anything and can still collect, but only if the other nine make it. How does that play out? What if I said everyone has to travel first class as well? It's to everyone's advantage to all get on their phones, coordinate, change their individual schedules to accommodate, and have everyone go. That way, if there are any unforeseen delays for any one individual, you're covered. The reality? Social science says most will be concerned about the upfront costs, knowing that they could spend the money, but then lose because they are dependent on others to act. More than one will think of coordinating and then secretly stay at home, knowing that while yes, they could be better off if others act, unlike the others, they won't be worse off if they do nothing. So what is the likely outcome? The likely outcome is I don't have to pay a dime, and at least half are out of the time and money to travel to Paris. The same thing is happening in addressing anthropogenic climate change. In order to get the big payoff of a world with a stable environment, we all need to act. Yes, it'll require adapting existing social structures, upfront investments, and socially transformative action, but it very much is possible. However, as we discussed last week with the free rider problem, there are those that would tag along without changing their existing constructs, hoping to maintain or gain agency with regards to the rest of the world because of it. And yes, while we can make the climate club, as we have learned today, our six social determinants all need to be addressed if we're going to be successful. So how do we overcome the social determinants we face? How do we move past the old power structure that is scared of transformative change? 
How do we adapt to a new asset allocation, address the need for flexibility in our future and influence in our organizations? What do we need to do to learn more about the choices and their subsequent repercussions? And how do we use our past experiences to become active in the decision-making process? Well, as you hopefully picked up today, according to the latest research, it starts with a conversation. But how do we move past or change the minds of those that either deny climate change is happening or advocate for delayed action you ask? Well, to be successful in that, we need to understand their view and their argument in order to effectively and successfully bring those individuals along with us. And yes, I say with us because we want and need everyone, not just some. But how do we do that? Well, that is a conversation for next week. And that wraps up another episode of South of Two Degrees, as well as part two of our mini-series, What Stands in Our Way. I truly hope you'll join me next week with the third and final installment to understand how to effectively communicate with climate deniers and delayers. Until then, have a great week. And aside from checking out all the latest on the website, blog, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, do this for me. Tell one other person about this show in the next week. Have at least one conversation about climate change with a friend or family member. And above all, keep it south of two degrees.